calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to podcast number 79. I'm Martin Robinson and I'm here with all the regular crew. That is Christopher Tilly. Hello. Alexander Simmons. Hello. And Thomas Butler. That's me. Hello. And yes, uh, this week we have got a few exciting news stories to chew over. Um, and we're also going to be looking back at our 3DSs now. It's a week old and seeing what we think of the, the little machine. Uh, first off, I have a news story uh, about... Uh, I'm a bit confused. Why is Alex not doing this bit? Because he didn't want to do it. Oh, I'm going to share the wealth, Tom. Oh, nice. Next week, it could be you. It's probably not going to be me. Why? Because I'm not important enough. Well, Aww. Martin's doing it, and he's not important. <laughs> <laughs> Can I carry on? Now yes. you've um, made me feel tiny. Uh, X- Xbox 360 is getting an updated disc format, um, which people are getting quite excited about. Do you want to know more? No? Yes, Maybe. please, Martin. <laughs> oh, I, I guess so, otherwise that's a pretty boring story. Uh, so basically, they are now sending out at the moment um, some test kits with uh, this, which can accept this new disc format. Um, no well, one's quite the, sure. What is no, the one, disc ever, no one was quite sure what it was. I haven't actually gone on a record to say what it is. And um, people were just thinking it's just going to just update the copywriting. Is it laser disc? No, it's, <laughs> it adds another gig of storage. The disc will. So it, would it be a little bit like an HD DVD? It won't because it's not going to actually because uh, it's not going to change the disc drives at all. It's just the disc itself is changing, uh, and they just need to make sure that because there's so many different DVD drives used by the Xbox 360s. Right. They need to make sure it works for all of them. Okay. So you'll get an extra gig of storage uh, on your uh, Xbox games. How much can a current Xbox disc hold? Mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, don't know. Actually, is it a? Is it just a straight DVD set? So that's like six gig. Something like that. Don't know. So what? What difference is going to make to the end user? More content. Just more content. Well, some, yeah. some games, are, some Xbox games are spread over multiple discs. I, I very much doubt whether an extra gig of storage will, you know, enable you to, enable you to kind of squeeze um, those games onto one disc, but, you know, if it's I feel kind like of... a bit of a numpty for not knowing how much is on, a, on an Xbox same. disc. I'm sure the readers will it let us know how much space is on it. Yeah, yeah. Do mine's job for us. Or just Google it when we get out of here. But yeah. this it's a new disk drive that's coming in, but it's only going out... Not a new disk drive, a new disk format. So a new disk format. So, so well, it'll, it'll, all existing... So retrospectively, yes. they'll, they'll all be able to use the same well, yeah. disk format. Theoretically. Right. Okay. But again, let's see. 
whether that really is the case when they roll it out. But it's just been rolled well, out in they? the States first, is it? Oh, it's been rolled out already? No, it's just test. Uh, it's, it's, it's preview programs going out. And basically what they're doing is sending out copies of Halo Reach, which I imagine will be pressed on this new disc um, and seeing if it works. So it's not a very exciting news story, though, is it? People got very excited about it on the site. Really? I think a lot of people thought that it was going to be Microsoft actually um, doing a format which is going to be have as much storage as Blu-ray, but that's quite clearly not the no, case. No, of course not. That's all about the lasers, isn't it? So it's all about the lasers. Everything's about the lasers, Tom. Reaching for the lasers. So that is, um, that's that one. How exciting. Yeah. Chris, <laughs> let's try and get this podcast pumped with some movie news. Should we talk about some pretty ladies? Nah. Well, well let's just talk about Jennifer Garner instead. <laughs> no, she's come, that's second. I'm starting off oh, with Amy Adams. Mm. I don't know who Amy Adams is. Tell Amy what? Adams? You've got a child. You must have seen Enchanted. <laughs> Oh, is that her? Yes. yes. Right, okay. Right, she's yes, lovely, I do. isn't she? Yeah, but she, she's, she's delightful. Of, she's like twee rather than hot. Yeah, she's sweet. Yeah. She's kind of sexy in uh, The Fighter. I haven't seen that. She gets in down to her sex, skin piece. doesn't she? She does. Fighter. <laughs> Love sex. <laughs> um, she's been cast as Lois Lane in the new Superman. I think that's a good choice. Yeah. Because that was one, um, I've, I think I've gone on record before saying I don't think Superman Returns was anyway near as bad as uh, people made it out to be. But the biggest, the weakest link in the whole thing was Lois, and it? it was because she was awful, rest. wasn't she? She was a bit of a drip, wasn't she? Unbelievable, unbelievably bad. That is, yeah, terrible casting. Yeah, whereas um, Amy Adams makes a, makes a bit more sense. Yep, I think she could do the job. Um, she, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, the quote they have is uh, from Warner Brothers uh, issued a press release saying, "Amy has the talent to capture all the qualities we love about Lois: smart, tough, funny, warm, ambitious, and of course, beautiful." And mm. Ginger. <laughs> was Margot Kidder beautiful? I don't think so. She, no. she was a good Lois Lane, but she wasn't beautiful. No, she didn't. Well, I don't know. It's just that because she's been tainted by the whole, the whole dustbin phase of her life. <laughs> she was in Playboy. She did a Playboy shoot. I've not seen it. I've not recently. So people were moaning that she, I think she's seven or eight years older than the fella who's playing Superman, but I really don't think that matters. No, not nowadays, I don't think. Oh, she needs to like, be older. She needs to be Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, doesn't she? He needs to be sort of a bit of a green, straight out of college kid. She needs to be the wiser yeah. older woman anyway. So so we like that me. casting. We actually um, spoke to Zack Snyder this week about Superman and we'll have the, fe- the feature should be up on the site by the time this podcast goes live. We just had a chat with him about the character, and the casting, and I desperately tried to get out of him who the villain was going to be and who's going to be played by, but gave me nothing. Do we know? Is, it, is this an, it's an origin story? Is, it, is that what they're going to do with it? I don't think so, but I don't know. He's not okay. saying anything. No, he's, really, not. he's really not, not okay. revealing anything. All I got out of him is I'm pretty sure Superman won't die in the film. Right. Wow. He seemed, he seemed to be a bit annoyed that they killed Superman off him in the comics at one point. But hey-ho, that's Superman update. And yeah, the other bit of weird news this week is uh, Jennifer Garner has been cast as Miss Marple. <laughs> That's just weird. Dude, I don't know if many of our listeners have watched much Miss Marple. No. It was a staple of my childhood. But imagine some old bird with a funny spinster. hat. A spinster. Yeah. I was getting that mixed up with Murder, She Wrote. Is it a similar sort of... Uh, except Miss Marple was more of a period piece, whereas... Right. Whereas, um... Whereas, uh... Murder, She Wrote was contemporary. Yeah. Miss Marple was uh, set in the... was it, the 1940s? Yeah. Yeah, and there was an old lady going around cracking crimes and... But now she's a hot brunette. Hot brunette, yeah. Cracking criminals, I don't know. Disney Disney have bought the rights, and yeah, I think they're going to sex it up a bit by... So it's like the early years of Miss Marple. I guess so. 
It sounds like they thought they were buying Nancy Drew or something and got confused. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why would your average teenager give a shit as to who Miss Marple is? No, they should have just they could have just made up their own character. Yeah. It's not like it's a franchise that no. people are going to be rushing to the cinemas to see. No. Ridiculous. So what other detectives can we reboot? What was the one that Richard Griffiths was in where he was like a chef that cracked crimes? Do you remember that? What was that? Oh, um, oh was it Pie in the Sky? Oh, God. Yeah, Pie in the Sky. Oh, yeah. Sky right. Should we reboot Pie in the Sky with oh, James Corden? <laughs> <laughs> I never realised that James Corden is very much a young Richard Griffiths. That's, inc- that's incredible. From his eyes point in the same direction. Yeah. In the, the Withmel and I reboot, it'll <laughs> <laughs> be Monty. <laughs> well, oh, get your point. suggestions in for old uh, crime busters that you want to see rebooted. Or, or not, because it's a feature that we're putting live on Monday. Uh, well, <laughs> or not. But if you want to. Yeah, IGN UK it. feedback at IGN.com. Send your emails in. Tom, you got any, any news from your end? Uh, yeah, I should have asked how I pronounce this. How do you pronounce this guy's name? Uh you know what? Uh, it's it's Fisa May. Fisa May. They always they pronounce it differently because when he gets introduced at Nintendo press conferences, they're always doing a really poncy way. Right. Anyway, Nintendo's Reggie Fisa May says that the next generation of home hardware is unlikely to follow the 3D path that his recently released handheld is pursuing. He said that glasses-free is a big deal, and we've not said publicly what the next big thing for us will be in the home console space. But based on what we've learned on 3D, it's unlikely that it will be 3D for the Wii 2 so it yeah. sounds like they don't want to do 3D on Wii 2 unless they can do it glasses free and currently that tech isn't rightly available sounds presumably. like it yeah or alternatively they were thinking actually 3DS isn't quite as good as we wanted it to be let's not do it for Wii 2 it seems silly that they're that they're discounting it completely already like PlayStation well, they, obviously had has the the power to do it it wasn't designed as a 3D machine but no. it has the but power to do it it's about having that mass appeal though and that's what that's what the we did really well and that's what the DS has done really well and also hopefully the 3DS will do as well it's going to have mass massively broad appeal and as soon as you add 3D that's you're just discounting a huge huge part of that um, potential user base mm. but I know from, from my understanding the next Wii is going to not next Wii but the next Nintendo home console is going to have something equally as revolutionary as um as the motion control was really no, no one knows what it is yet but that's going to be another big change another big shift from who Nintendo. says that someone but can't. you can't just say that. What you've actually heard that from an inside source. From my understanding, I heard yeah. it was Chris Tilly that said it. Right. I can't say though. But yeah, that's why. <laughs> and I you've got no inkling as to what that is. No, absolutely no inkling whatsoever. What but can it you guess? We we'll speculate. Is yeah, it's it'd be interesting to speculate what it is if it's going to be dragon powers. It could be. It could be just a little dragon. Yeah. It could yeah. be a little Yoshi that you just have in your living room. Yeah. I like that. Or a coffee powered uh, home console. I don't know. Stuff like it being like, cloud honestly. based is just too obvious. I think it's going to be something. But it's also, that's also boring. Yeah. Plugged into your brain. Do you remember that first when the before the Wii was announced, they had that um, those mock-ups of what the everyone thought the Wii was going to be, and one of them was a, a virtual reality helmet which projected onto your wall. It's incredible. Yeah, but it, but again, going back to what you said about what Nintendo does best and making it as mainstream as possible. I don't know. I, you know, but that's probably why I'm not a console designer. I guess. Do you think we'll hear something this year? Yes, I think we're here somewhere, if not at E3 at TGS, I think we're definitely here somewhere this year. That's exciting times, then. Yeah, yeah very exciting. Yeah, but it'd be interesting to find out if it is going to be this game changer. I mean, the, I mean, we're definitely thinking HD, at least. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I generally have no idea what it could be, but that's I'm, I'm looking forward to being surprised by it. Hmm. There you go. Kapow! 
<laughs> You're right there, Chris. There you go. I could up. Uh, we started rolling out the announcements for Kapow, which is happening on the 9th and 10th of April, our Comic-Con um, at the Business Design Centre in Islington. Uh, we announced this week that IGN is teaming up with Optimum for Attack the Block, a movie we've talked about a couple of times on the podcast, which is brilliant. Um, director Joe Cornish is going to come down, do a panel, uh, screen some scenes from the film, uh, do a Q&A, and then hopefully he's going to come down to the IGN Arena and do some stuff there. And also over the course of the weekend in the IGN Arena, we're going to have clips from um, Attack the Block screening in the, I think it's the Attack the Block Lounge, I think we're calling it. Yeah. So that's quite exciting. So yeah, if you're interested in seeing any of that film or potentially meeting Joe, come down. And um, also um, Momentum uh, Momentum Pictures are going to come down and do some horror stuff there, including uh, screening clips from Insidious, which is quite a, a scary horror film. I didn't know it had quite such a good cast. It's got a really Patrick well, Wilson and Rose Byrne. Yeah, Patrick yeah. Wilson and Rose Byrne. Um, and it's uh, written and directed by Lee Wanell and James Wan, the guys who, who came up with the Saw franchise. And uh, they're going to be down doing the Q&A. And uh, the company's also going to be screening some scenes from Hobie with a shotgun, another one of my favourites. But this isn't just, this isn't it for Kapow, is it? There's h- whole loads of more yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's more bits and pieces to come. There's a, there's a super big movie announcement that hasn't been made yet, which I'm hoping will be live by the time this podcast goes live. So keep checking back to the site. But yeah, one of the, one of the big, big blockbusters is going to be there in full effect. There'll be loads of games there that you can come along and play. You'll be able to play Dirt 3 first, if you're interested in that. Operation Flashpoint, Red River, uh, and a bunch of other stuff as well. So lots of very cool games. And again, if you haven't played 3DS, we'll have a bunch of 3DSs down there. So uh, And obviously, we'll be there in force. We'll be doing a podcast from there, so you can come and throw potatoes yeah. at us. We'll have a, we'll have a stage. Or not. Don't, don't bring, don't bring I, your own potatoes. I think people should bring potatoes and throw them at us while we're doing our podcast. D- Dan, just at Dan, he's All a bigger right, target. And, and like baked potatoes, like potatoes as well, <laughs> well, rather than just new potatoes. Yeah, real, real deep fried ones. Yeah. Crispy ones. Yeah, just chips. Chips. I'll have my mouth open. <laughs> and we're going to have a little stage where we'll be doing interviews with a lot of the talent there in, in the Argentine Arena. Mark Miller's stopping by, Dave Gibbons, some of the TV people, hopefully some of the misfits and the being human guys. And the Guinness World Records hopefully going to be set, which we've mentioned before. Two, two Guinness, Guinness World Records. Two Guinness World yeah. Records. We've got a bona fide gaming legend there as well, but I'm not sure if that's been announced yet, so I might not be able to, but there will be a big I name I think that'll there. be announced like next week, okay. but yeah, there'll, if you if you like your video games, there will be a legend that isn't me that's there. So, <laughs> so, so watch this space. I think by, by next week's podcast, we'll have everything. Well, by next week's podcast, hope so. the day before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the day after. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a piece of news about Mortal Kombat. Mortal uh, Kombat. You're going to have to pay to take it online. Uh, is basically so yeah it's following in the footsteps of FIFA and UFC so if you buy this game second hand you're going to have to pay 800 Microsoft points which is about 7 quid uh, to take it online or about $10 in the US for PlayStation uh, Warner Brothers haven't actually confirmed this just yet no they haven't but you know there's no smoke without fire their silence speaks volumes exactly Uh, and uh, Joystick who um, made the initial report also thinks uh, that they are considering it for Fear 3 and Batman Arkham City. Well, that's obviously not going to work for Batman Arkham City because they've already denied that there's no multiplayer. Yeah, but I think it's just in terms of having uh, like online leaderboard and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. You would not pay 800 Microsoft points for an online leaderboard. No. Well, I wouldn't. I should imagine most people wouldn't. So, But anyway. Did anyone play the demo yet? Uh, oh, of Mortal Kombat? No, I haven't. Have you? Yes. And? 
it's really naff. I think it's, it's a bag of ass. Like, sorry, that series has always been a massive bag of ass. It's just they're, they're they're terrible, terrible games. And I don't know. Obviously, it's got a massive appeal to the American market, but it's just yeah, as fighting games, they're fucking awful. There's yeah. only one person I know who likes it, and that's Dan Kilby. <laughs> Say yeah, that again. Which volumes? Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure you know after he's finished watching the beach and going through his Leonardo DiCaprio collection, he can then move on to Mortal Kombat. So yeah, it just looks really cheesy, and uh, it's just a silly game. How does everyone here feel about online passes though, as a as a as a concept? I just think it's an absolute rip off. Especially, you know, we've spoken about it before the fact that you know you'll have to pay for an online pass and then a subscription, especially if you're Call of Duty, like to play online. Well, I've just paid fifty quid for the sodding game. Yeah, but this is obviously just the uh, if you buy no, the game course. new, you, you yeah, get but, the the, but, the one time. Second hand games. Code. Yeah, you you currently if you go into game, you can pick up Battlefield Bad Company two, like thirty three quid second hand. And that's like, well, so add on 10 quid for the multiplayer or whatever. I might as well buy it brand new. Doesn't make any sense. Stupid idea. Poorly executed. Yeah, yeah. but it's just, uh, it's obviously one way of dealing with the second-hand market. A very heavy-handed one. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah. Well. Are there other solutions they could explore? Well, you buy it from Amazon. You know, brand new games are cheaper than second-hand a lot of the time. <laughs> there is that. Yeah, but I mean, from the video game company's point of view, is there any better way they could be doing it? They, um, well, I guess if you care that much about online, then you know you'll be willing to pay for it. But I think it will get to the point. Same with you know content on the internet; people don't like paying for it, uh, and I think the numbers will you know gradually dwindle, and they'll have to think of an alternative. And maybe it's a subscription model. I don't know. Uh-huh. No, not an online pass, but it, like because if you're going to pay, I don't know seven pounds for online and you use it once, that's quite a lot. But if like Call of Duty that you pay play for an entire year that's not so bad but if they made the original price of the game cheaper and then the multiplayer a kind of more premium price thing then that might be an interesting way of looking at it that's the thing because when you when you walk into a shop and you've your face with either 50 quid yeah. or, or 30 quid it's like it's quite obvious what it's not it's not that tough a decision to make yeah um so it's just a case of just trying to reduce that gap somehow between that's the thing, like some people just don't play multiplayer myself included hmm would there be a way that maybe you could get a game for free if you signed up for 12 months of online? Could that well, work? Like well, a not even model. Not even um, uh, World of Warcraft. You don't even get that game for free and you have to pay a monthly subscription, quite a hefty monthly subscription. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. You know, I, I, I've, I've always said like football games, for example, where you get the same game, or effectively the same game churned out year after year. You should just, rather than buying a new game for 40 quid, you should subscribe to it and get those things, improvements as, as the year goes by. They roll out, yeah. yeah. We got some really interesting feedback from a guy called Matt Goodacre, which is um, it's, it's, it's about Call of Duty First Strike, the DLC. It's really interesting, but it's really, really too long for the podcast. So um, I've put it on Facebook. So if you want to go on there and have a look and see his gripe about um, sort of the paying for things after the release... Yeah, go and have a look at that and get have your opinion on that. What's the kind of top line? The gist is he plays it on PC and um, he thinks that the fact that it's just a map pack and you're or you're paying like uh, ten, uh, sorry, twelve pounds in the UK. He says it's uh, he just says it's too much just for a few measly maps. Uh, he says there's a lot of servers. Um, um, yeah, many servers will update to include the new map packs. Map packs. Unless you fork out for the downloads, you'll be unable to play on these servers. Um, and then he That's goes on bad. to, yeah. yeah. And then it goes on to about how all the sort of the the mods and stuff have made it into the real game, and how Activision are just shamelessly shamelessly making money off people. 
Well, yeah, we, we know that, don't we? So. Yeah, but have a look. That's on Facebook at Team IGN UK. Speaking of shamelessly making money off people, <laughs> I was about to do that. Martin, how much does your 3DS cost to build? Uh, 3DS um, costs to build. It comes in something like $103. $103 um, and then the RRP on top of that is $250. Uh, $103 is about 65 quid, I think. Yeah. Um, so there's a hell of a markup. But that's that's yeah. build parts. Right? Yeah, that's build parts. And it's not actually, you know, paying for the people who yeah. make it. Um, and also, well, it does surprise me though, because I thought obviously you get a lot of consoles are sold at a loss, like the PS3s were sold mm. at a loss for a hell of a long time, weren't they? Yeah. Um, and there's Nintendo seem to be making a profit on this, but again, that that figure is just nothing but the build parts. It doesn't take into account the R and D, the packaging, child like marketing, for, ch- for child <laughs> labour involved as well. Um, harvesting the magic from the wizards exactly the little, yeah. The, yeah just keeping the wizards busy in there just yeah. but that's a good them. point though so when Sony came out and said you know we're making a loss on all of our consoles did that original figure take into account all of the other bits and pieces probably I'm sure it did yeah so yeah, I, I have no idea the kind of ratio of like you know parts to kind of final price whether it's like 50% of it or I've, I've literally no idea so that'd be quite interesting though. I wonder if any of our listeners know if not, just make it up and send it in. Yeah, thanks. Just send yeah. some made-up figures in. That'd be awesome. Um, but how long, how long would the, the 3DS have been in development for? Oh, I don't know what a development cycle is on a console. Uh, You've played Game Death Story. You must know. Yeah, but I never... Because that takes... <laughs> no, it takes ages. You have to, cause you have to, you have to level up. They have, well, they've had to level up one of their... Um, one of their programmers and all these different skills. Before yeah, they but you're not actually developing console. a console while you're doing that. And, and again, this is not the real world. You don't go around... <laughs> what? I don't of think course Miyamoto was a... Oh, he doesn't develop consoles. But I'm sure there's not like a level three script writer who you have to kind of level up to level five before shifting onto, uh, <laughs> you know, game design. And then when he's got all of these things at level five, he can suddenly develop hardware. I think that's exactly how it works. Oh, it, yeah. You know you're controlling real people in game dev stories. Is that right? <laughs> <Do you> know, <laughs> <laughs> I just, well, I think the fact that you can turn a game around in less than six months is pretty impressive. Yeah, it can be done. Uh, so yeah, so judging from game dev story, I think it takes about four to five years. Okay. To, to, get, to get someone lo- uh, trained up, leveled up like that. So I guess, yeah, the, the, the moral of the story is that, that $100 compared to $250 is a lot more involved than, than just the build parts, but still... Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think the cost of a three yes is that bad. Maybe that's because I'm a scumbag who's got loads of money and got given a free one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I just bought one. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. So uh, my my opinion means nothing in that in that case. Can I just say on the subject of game dev story? Yeah. Uh, I was recommended an iPhone game called Good Little War Game, and it's brilliant. Hmm? It's like Advance Wars. Mm, nice. There you go. So Are you still playing Hot Spring Story? The no, other game. Boring. From, really? I don't want to make you know hotel rooms and baths for people to go and lie in. It's boring. Zack like Snyder plays Angry Birds. Oh. Do, you my, do you want my Zack Snyder's fact file from yesterday? Yeah. He's got the biggest nose in show business. Favourite yeah. comic character, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Desert Island movies, Clockwork Orange, Star Wars, and Robocop. And he likes Cut the Rope and Angry Birds. Oh. Just what everything I hear of him just idiot. makes me think he's just an average moron that's managed to get a job making movies. <laughs> he's just the guy at the back of the cinema who eats popcorn really loudly and talks on his phone while he's texting his bird and just. I might say something like that were it not for the fact he's guest editing our site this week. So yeah, we love Zack Snyder. All right, but they're the facts. We're presenting the facts. Okay, he likes Angry Birds. I like Angry Birds. <laughs> it's rubbish. It is a terrible I, I, game. I downloaded the light version of Rio. 
because I had nothing else to do and I played one level and I just thought I can't stand this game it just doesn't do anything interesting it's a really good game it's not it's, it's you know only twats who don't like games like it <laughs> in the minority I don't think I am there's two of us and there's, two, and there's one of you and a few of other million people who like Angry Birds <laughs> but I think they like it because it costs 59 pence I just think that that model of gameplay, I don't like that kind of physics-based stuff. It just seems too much of a chance. It just makes it, it makes me nauseous when I play it for yeah. some reason. I just get really nauseous. So you never play me at Worms? No. Yeah. Tragic. No. Hmm. So did you download the uh, Rio on the iPad? I did, yeah, so you can try it out. I was just trying to segue into the next section. Oh. Uh, I thought we were oh. missing out another section, though. Oh, it's because I used your uh, iTunes account as well. <laughs> oh, did you? But I downloaded the free version. Oh, good. Okay. Good. <laughs> I didn't put stuff on your. I thought I'll have this. That's only a fiver, and I'll have that. Yeah. No. Good. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, but what, what's the segue into the next section, Tom? Well, he was going to ask about the iPad two and how how you've been enjoying the iPad two. Well, I haven't. I haven't got an iPad two. I've only got an iPad one because oh. you can't buy an iPad two. Really? No. There's a few people in the office that got one. Yeah, but that's because they queued up for hours on end. Loads it's- of people have bought them this time around than they did the first one I think and I I, I am absolutely bemused by that because for me it's the it's to the iPhone 3GS what it was to iPhone 3 it's a stopgap simple as that um, iPhone, well the next iPad whatever they call it that will be the, the one to get I think yeah I don't know I'm getting one from Apple this afternoon only on loan yeah. so I'll have a play around with it but having looked at one of the guys here it looks and feels exactly the same it's a little bit smaller look, sorry a little bit thinner a little bit lighter bit faster but big deal and it's mm. got some cameras which aren't as good as the cameras on iPhone we, me and Kent went down to the launch and uh, shot some stuff down there and it's just such a weird event queuing up for an iPad yeah such a weird thing to do how many people it's, it's there? people you, people Hundreds. choose to queue there rather than actually go where you can actually just there's quite a few shops like there's one opposite our office yeah where you could just walk in there and who was it saying they went into the local curries and just got it was one Comet yeah Comet Dom here yeah yeah just went in. But people just want to be a part of this. As I say, it's, it's really, I, I find the whole thing quite unnerving. There's this horrible cult, cultish thing about um, Apple products. And well, I did it for iPhone 4, and I'm never going to do it again. Why, why did you do it for iPhone 4? Just, the iPhone 3 was brilliant. Plus, I knew that I was going to be down there covering the launch. But, you know, from being in the queue from 8am till, I think it was like 2pm, I was like, it's just not worth it. I'm really not that bothered. You don't gain anything from no. that extra couple of hours. The only time I've ever queued for, like, for buying a game or a product or something is I queued for when Outrun 2 came out on Xbox. And I was the only person in the queue. <laughs> and it was literally just me standing outside Game Station waiting for it to open. Well, that's the thing. When, <laughs> that's I, when I got my iPhone 3G, I queued. But it was uh, there was a queue of about 15 people. So it was done and dusted in half an hour. And so I don't mind doing that. But, oh, God, it was, oh, it was horrendous. I'd like to get, uh, maybe have that experience of queuing up and just sort of seeing what it's like. Cause I saw Matt last Friday, yeah. formerly of the IGN UK podcast, and yeah. uh, he'd queued up and he was just like, he's actually quite excited, quite like, fun. He, he like not only queued out. for 3DS, but when he finished at the 3DS queue, he then went and joined the iPad 2 queue, yeah. <laughs> which is insane. Yeah, too much time. But, yeah. Um, well, but, but yeah, he, he, he did was, get both. So. Yeah, it was quite. He said it's it's quite a community spirit. And uh, what time did he start queuing for? Um, oh, I guess for, for 3ds, it was. It was a midnight was, launch. So, yeah, yeah. But so you didn't have the overnight queuing. No. Right. Yeah. That's the one thing I can't understand, and and I know they moved the iPad 2 launch back 
to 5 p.m., but like queuing overnight. And imagine if, because I guarantee you, people who were in that uh, iPad queue didn't know about it moving back, and they were probably sat there from, I don't know, 5 o'clock the day before thinking, right, 8 a.m. tomorrow, I'll have it. And then Apple say, oh, actually, it's 5 p.m. It's like, you fucking bastards. But serves you right. Pre-order it. Get delivered. Easy peasy. Yeah, my mate got his 3DS the day before they launched in the shops because he'd pre-ordered it from, like, Play or whatever. Yeah, 3DS, you can go into any shop and buy one right now. So it's like... How does everyone feel about the 3DS now? It's been out for a week. Everyone's obviously really excited about it. I was certainly super, super excited about it. Mm. Uh, I still love it, personally. Mm. Um, I've, I've, because I've had it quite some time. I've, I've played most of the launch titles to death. Um, I still haven't played Ghost Recon, which I intend to when I get some free time. Yeah, but uh, I still it hasn't lost any playing. of its magic for me. I think the 3DS. I, I, you know, I was quite surprised by how little impact the games had on the charts. Um, you say that because I, w- I was, I think again when I saw them, I was like, oh, I would have thought it got number one. But eleven of the top twenty were uh, 3DS games, and that's not bad. Yeah, but what else was in there? Obviously, Crisis 2 came in at number one. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. Well, yeah. I, I guess also, maybe that's because there wasn't one essential game to buy on 3DS. Yeah, simply, there was. There if there was a Mario game. game, you would expect that to go in pretty high. The only one that came close was, I guess, Pilot Wings, and that was didn't get, didn't get the greatest reviews, and that's yeah. kind of quite a hardcore title. It's like, I know, it's a revival of a, a, a series which has been dead for like 15 years or so. Yeah. But that's the yeah. I think that's the other thing as well. What's the highest scoring game we gave to any of them? Uh, Street Fighter, uh, which got an eight point five. But again, everyone's played Street Fighter. Yeah, and yeah, I know. So it, it didn't it didn't have the any games which really made you stop back and go wow. But it did also. I thought I still thought it was a pretty solid launch lineup. Yeah, there's a lot of seven to eight rated games in there, and it's not like Wii when you had Zelda. But Zelda, nothing. Zelda was a, as a GameCube game, which has happened to. But it was still like thousands of people wanted to play that game yeah. including myself that was the only reason I bought a Wii was Zelda and if they'd have had Ocarina of Time on 3DS I would have been there probably not queuing but buying it when the shop's open the next morning so. yeah good point it'd be interesting to see um, when the we've obviously got Kid Icarus and Ocarina of Time coming and then Mario which I guess will be end of the year what have they said about the Mario game uh, I haven't said it. They uh, showed the um, logo for it, which had the Tanuki tail on it, which makes everyone think it's going to be kind of like uh, Mario Brothers 3. Mm. But uh, it's, uh, from the screenshots, it looks kind of uh, like Mario Galaxy-esque, which obviously makes perfect sense on the yeah. 3DS. It's going to be awesome. I think yeah. it's pretty much guaranteed it's going to be incredible. My housemate bought one, like I said, uh, and uh, we borrowed a few games from here, and uh, the only one he got for himself was Pilot Wings. And uh, I played a bit of Ridge Racer, but the other two games, Monkey Ball and... Um, Rayman. Yeah, Monkey yeah. Ball's massive disappointment. Yeah. Did he buy Monkey Ball and Rayman? No, no, we, I borrowed those oh, you from borrowed here, them. yeah. Sorry, right, but okay. he bought um, Pilot Wings. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm quite excited, but I just still, I'm glad I didn't go out and rush and buy one because no. I've got things to pay for this Did month. Did you cancel yeah. your pre-order then? Uh, I haven't picked it up. I'm still waiting for me to uh, um, game. What? Why are you not going to go and get it? Because I've been using the Office one for the time. Yeah, being. but that's ridiculous. You put money down on that. Yeah, I put a tenner down. God, you really do have more money than so. Swipes his ass with tenors now. Exactly. <laughs> um. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that's 3DS and iPad 2 launch. Uh, let's talk about what games and movies are coming out shortly. Well, I, I guess we should ask for feedback. If you've been living with an iPad 2 or a 3DS, let us know what you think. Let's do that then. Yeah. How um, do they do that? 
They can uh, send us an email at IGNUKfeedback at IGN.com. Send us a message on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash team IGNUK. Or forward slash I- Alex IGNUK. Or, yes. <laughs> or on facebook.com forward slash team IGNUK. Yeah. How many followers are you at the moment on Twitter, Alex? Uh, 210. I want to make it 1,000 by the next two weeks. Easy. Come on, listeners. Make me popular. Make me more popular than anyone else in this room. Or, if you don't want that to happen, unfollow Alex, if you're already following him. Do that. I'm going to unfollow him now. Actually, I'm going to unfollow yeah. you. So, yeah. There's three times. If, if we can get you down to under 100 followers by the end of the week, I think that'll be something achieved for all of us. All right, then. Do that. I guarantee that won't happen. A game's coming out. Yeah, is there any? There is a game coming out. Great. Sounds brilliant. I guarantee you won't give a toss about it. Uh, Dynasty Warriors 7. Is that the only game that's coming out next week? According to our release schedule, yeah. There's a bowling game coming out as well, but according to the release schedule, there's nothing coming out. I mean, we could oh, be wrong, but... I like a bowling game. Yeah? Big big bowling game fan. A uh, review of Dynasty Warriors 7 went up on the site today. Um, as you'd expect from Dynasty Warriors game, it's kind of mediocre. Mm. It does have its fans, though, the Dynasty Warriors series still. Well, uh, I don't know if it still has its fans. It certainly did. We had a freelancer who was nuts for that stuff. Who was that? Dave McCarthy. Oh, uh, right, okay. Yeah. Um... And yeah, it's it's obviously still very popular in Japan, um, but it's yeah, it hasn't changed fundamentally ever. So there you go. Didn't see Warrior Seven. Wouldn't recommend it. No. What about <laughs> movies? Movies. Well, let's have a look. We've got Rio coming out, which is a cartoon that isn't Rango. I spent about six months thinking Rio and Rango were the same. I got you. I see. Yeah, I, I saw you a tweet about tweet this, this morning. This morning. Yeah, I, did, I didn't. I had no idea the two were different films either. So I don't think we should talk about that. Did you see Rango in the end? No. No, but I keep hearing good things that it's quite good. Yeah, the same kind of people who said that How to Teach Your Dragon everything was was actually really worth watching. Of course, it wasn't. I've not seen that either yet. I quite liked How to Train Your Dragon. <sighs> there are people that some some people said it was better than a Pixar movie. Kojima loves it. There you go. There you go. Fact. Yeah. <laughs> I, I preferred the uh, porn version, How to Drain Your Dragon. Oh. Hey. <laughs> hey? No. Um, there's another film coming out called Mars Needs Mums, but it's spelled M-O-M-S, so we're not going to talk about that. I like the sound of that, though. On principle. Sounds terrible. No, thanks. Uh, there's a film called Rubber coming out, which isn't about condoms. <laughs> which I watched the other day. Yeah, what's the premise of Rubber then, Tom? So it's about a rubber, it's a, like a car tyre that gain, that comes to life and has psychokinetic powers and it can blow people's heads off. So it sounds like it's sounds going to be an awesome, terrible, like slasher movie, like a real B movie type slasher movie. But it's so massively pretentious; it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an op- the opening shot is a car. Uh, sorry, the opening shot is a deserted road with chairs, t- t- loads of chairs dotted on it, and the car drives down and swerves to knock every single chair over. Then it cuts to the foreground. There's a man stood there with like twenty pairs of binoculars, and then. He then gives us. Then the man gets out of the car, gives a speech about how the film is about nothing, and then gives the binoculars to these audience, who then proceed to watch the movie that's happening in the distance. And it's all this backwards and forwards with it being sort of like this metabolics, and it's just it's such a shame because some of it, some of it's really funny, and yeah. it's just so up its own ass. It's ridiculous. Interesting fact. You know who it's directed by? Mr. Wazo. Mr. Wazo. As in Flatbeat. Yeah. yeah Flatbeat man. So yeah, I was disappointed with that one as well. I thought, but I mean, if you if you're interested in your quirky slasher type movies, then maybe go check it out. It's it's only like 78 minutes long, so yeah. I think it's also out on DVD and Blu-ray, so it might be better picking up on. It DVD. just wasn't the silly thrill ride I thought it was going to be. No. 
Um, and there's also a Foo Fighters documentary, which uh, I reviewed from South by Southwest, which is good fun. I guess if you're into Foo Fighters. Yeah, if you're into Foo Fighters, you'll love it. It's not like an amazing music documentary because they haven't had that amazing a, a career, really. They're quite... A, f- a few people have come and gone from the band and one bloke had a drug overdose that he didn't die from. But aside from that, they're just... They're a quite nice, middle of the road, aren't they? Yeah, a yeah. nice group of blokes who've been really successful, so... Yeah. Whatevs. There was a prodigy... Um, uh, film that was in the cinemas last week as well that kind of slipped under the net. Oh, really? Do you know anything about this? Nope. I think it's a, I think it's a live show thing, which it's kind of weird. I don't know why you'd want to see Prodigy in a cinema. You might as well just go see them live. Was it being life. broadcast live, or is it just a? No, I don't think so. I mean, I need to check my facts, but I saw it was in cinemas like last Wednesday or something. But go see them yeah. live in real life because they're incredible. Not in a cinema. Yeah. With popcorn. I love. Them. I feel like they're getting a bit old now, though. Yeah, but... A bit weird watching Keith do all that stuff now he's in his 40s. Yeah. Any, anything happening in TV land? Uh, yeah, I know it's not actually happening, but I was just very excited to watch the new Doctor Who trailer, so I just thought I'd flag it up here. Uh, series 1 starts at Easter, which is only a few weeks away. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> Doctor Who trying to get in. <laughs> just apologise for the banging. Yeah, we've got builders in the office, and uh, if you can hear banging or drilling, that's what that's it, that is. Yeah, but, um, apologies. Uh, yeah, but Doctor Who is back in Easter. Um, I did see on the BBC website that they're doing a special screening of the first two episodes for if you enter on their website, you can get tickets to that. So um, I did that earlier. Are we doing that at the Beer Feigen where they're going to have uh, Q&As with them? Um, they didn't the say, just said the first two episodes are going to be showing in London. So if you can apply. You have to be over 16 though, which is quite uh, It does. I, I, I've, I'm a big fan of Doctor Who, but I thought the, the new trailer just looks like it's taking it next level. It looks quite high budget. Um, mm. And... Yeah, it looks like it's a, a bit far, a bit removed from um, from what it's been before, a bit more adult as well. In it tone. needs to be though, like uh, whatever is Russell T Davies did his bit, getting it back on the big uh, onto the TV, and now Stephen Moffat really needs to adult it up. And I mean, it is a family show. Don't get me wrong, but um, I think the way it's going, I'm really excited for it. Did you watch it, Alex? I haven't seen it. No, no. I, I definitely want to see it. Yeah. Um, what was it? They they showed a kind of teaser a little while at the ago. end of the series. Yeah. 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 Um, but I am very excited about that. Yeah, so that'll be, like I said, I, I think Easter's April 20-something over the, what, that weekend. Yeah, 22nd is Easter Friday. Yeah, that's so. it. Yeah, so yeah, so check that out. I think I posted the uh, the trailer on our Facebook, so have a look. Uh, moving over to listener feedback. First bit of feedback from Kevin O'Donnell, who says, 3DS is the first console I've ever bought at launch, and he's already having doubts as to whether or not it was a wise decision, because he thinks the hardware is cool, uh, but the slider is annoying to use, especially in games like Pez, because his hand starts to cramp up quite quickly. Also, software so far doesn't really excite him, which is kind of my sort of similar opinion to me. Um, uh, remastered versions of uh, Ocarina of Time or Snake Eater are hardly the most interesting as I've played these games before. Why did you pre-order one then if you hate it so much? Anyway, he wants new games, so what I'm looking for, Martin, a yep. fellow early adopter, is to assure me that this was £200 well spent. Stick with it. I think there's going to be, as I say, I'd be, I, I do agree that um, remakes aren't the most exciting of things and so it's, it's hard to get. I'm excited for Ocarina of Time and Snake Eater, but I'm not like wetting myself over them because um, I want to see new, fresh, exciting things. I think Mario is going to be awesome. I can't wait for E3 when I think a lot of publishers are going to uh, start putting their weight behind it a little bit. Yep. Um, uh, I know a lot of people have been very excited about it and uh, maybe some people as well are holding back to see how well it sells in the first few weeks before they really commit f- um, fully to it. But I think it's got a very, very bright future. Um, and if it even has half the amazing games that the DS before it had yep. on it, then it's going to be an incredible, incredible console. There you go, Kevin. There you go. Assured. Uh, 
James Taylor writes in um, saying he agrees with Craig Roberts, uh, who was our wonderful guest last week. Uh, he about, was brilliant. Yeah, about what he said about FIFA. Um, and to use a football team analogy, like we did in the FIFA versus Pez video we did a while back, FIFA like is is like Man City uh, spending all that money and it's still shit. <laughs> I disagree. I like I like FIFA. Yeah, but I think the general consensus nowadays is that FIFA is the better game than Pez. Yeah, I don't think it's not necessarily that one game is bad though. They're both really good, but FIFA's just got the edge. Yeah, fair enough. Exactly. Pez is still fun, but we prefer FIFA here. There you go. So uh, Marlon Slack wrote in. He was wanted to know what the infernal tapping going on in last week's podcast was. <laughs> he said that it sounded like someone was texting right next to the mic. I, I was actually texting right next oh, to the right, mic. Well, that wasn't. I don't think it was. I think we've got a, a faulty headset, so uh, we are doing our best to weed it out. I've, I think I found it, and I have incinerated it. Yeah. So, yeah and the only problem is, is we've got a man with an industrial drill right next to our heads. <laughs> so Marlon, if you don't like the tapping, you're going to hate this week's podcast. Sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, Chris Stewart wrote in saying he has a recommendation for Mr. Cross from last week. Uh, he was the guy that said... He was the Call of Duty uh, addict who liked his games linear. And his mate liked them and he was oh, trying to yes. get his mate to yeah. yeah. So he was just like his friend. Love linear games and mindless shooters but uh, was nearly soul-destroying towards the end because, uh, well, basically he racked up an estimated 100 days playtime on the Call of Duty games. Ah, which is insane. That's actually impossible. Why is it? 100 days solid. No, well, over time. I think he says from like the early uh, Call yeah, of like Duty. it started off with Call of Duty one to three, yeah. and then over time, he's invested a hundred days worth of time playing that oh game. My God, that's twenty four hundred hours. It's a lot, anyway. Um, anyway, easy he, math, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Einstein. He tried Mass Effect two and Assassin's Creed two, but didn't enjoy them. Uh, noticed a bit of buzz around Fallout New Vegas and actually enjoyed it because um, he played it as a shooter rather than an APG, uh, RPG. Uh, and then he says another Call of Duty supplement is sports games and his is FIFA 11. So that backs up what we've just said. So anyway, question for you, Tom. Walking Dead, is the comic any good? Because he loved the story from the uh, TV show and wants to get into comics. Yeah, the comic's really good. It's definitely worth picking up and uh, you can get it in handy sort of compendiums of like a load of uh, comics in a go. Or if you've got an iPad, you can get them digitally now. So uh, yeah, I'd definitely recommend going to pick them up. So, yeah, Just a little plug. I did an interview this week with Andrew Lincoln who plays Rick Grimes in Walking Dead which will go on the site in May, but we'll actually be screening it at Kapow as well if people want to see what he's got to say. And we had a chat about Stephen King writing an episode next season, which is quite exciting. Cool. cool. Um, I have an email from Felix Whiteman who says, just wondering, how much time do you get today to play the games you want to play? Or does work get in the way of your gaming time? Over to you, fellas. Well, I don't play anywhere near as much games as I'd love it as I'd like I, to. I think that's the thing is a lot of the games that we end up playing, it's, it's, there is a reason to play them for the site. Um, like Crisis 2 I want to play a bit more that's purely for pleasure having said that I've been quite lucky I've been I've just gone back into Halo 3 recently um, because uh, it's kind of for a project I'm doing at the moment but also um, because I was playing Crisis 2 and just was really getting on my tits I thought it was not that great at all and wanting to play a decent first person shooter so I played Halo 3 Idiot. I think the problem is is that when you have a full time job yeah. When I guess regardless of what that full time job is, yeah, yeah, it's it's finding time to do it, and especially when uh, like someone like Alex has his little family to look after as yeah. well. It's not like when you're say fifteen to eighteen, where if you're at school, you finish school at half three, you get home, you've got a good sort of solid chunk of time to play, it, and you yeah. have whole summer holidays and things like that. When life catches up with you. Things have to take a second sad, seat. Sad, sad. It is a lot of time in the cool, yeah. isn't it? Though, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but um, we do play some games at work, at the office. 
occasionally. Every now and then. Yeah. What's that yeah. game we play with the the ball? Oh, uh, so Bocho. embarrassing. Bocho. Yeah, Bo- I shouldn't admit that. No. But no, we're, we're going to have uh, four Xboxes hooked up very shortly. Yeah. Uh, and we're getting Battlefield Bad Company, Crisis 2 and Need for Speed Hop Suit all sent in. So yeah, we'll we're hoping to set up some uh, some gaming um, yeah, evenings. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, so we'll, have, we'll, get, we'll get our, um, our uh, Xbox t- tags out there so you can all come and join us as we play games. Yeah. So look out for us on that there internet. <laughs> what number are we on? Uh, someone wrote in Dan Phil Natchum wrote in uh, asking why is Dan so excited about Duke Nukem Forever which I think is a very good question he's not here to answer it though no, unfortunately he did it's... offer to write a response but I just thought you know uh, what fuck that's, him that's very big of him yeah uh, I as, think it's A because he wants to look like him and B he's also a misogynist as Phil says it looks like an outdated and irrelevant piece of shit I agree with him uh, uh, is this what Dan gets off on he says he loves the podcast except for Dan Hooray! Hey. He's a little bit nasty. Really? Yeah. I'm behind that. Let's stick up for Dan. Doesn't deserve that. He's a good, he's a good chap. I guess there's probably people who have joined listening to the podcast bit pre-Dan, uh, post-Dan, yeah. who yeah. don't have the whole sort of vim that we have for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't the know food. whether to re- recommend going back and <laughs> finding out why we think he's a dick. I think it's worth it. We should maybe have a podcast where it's just a compilation of things he said. There are moments Dan. of... Yeah. Of nuggets of genius that come spout from his mouth. He's the Carl Pilkington of the IGN yeah. podcast. He is, That's yeah. Pretty. Well, he would be if he came in. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. he's other things to do. Yeah, he he's has. got envelopes to seal and <laughs> letters to print out. <laughs> but, uh, well, I think it's just because he loved the, the earlier games, but surely he's going to be disappointed by this one because it looks rubbish, I think. It's just, it was just because it's very much a product of its time, and that time was a long, long time. I don't think there is a game. I don't think it's ever, there's not, they've not made one. Well, it's probably been delayed again. It's going to keep pushing it back and back and back for infinite time. It's, it's in some ways it's much better just being as kind of just this uh, like this bigfoot of the games industry that no one ever will ever get to meet. And as soon as like so as soon as bigfoot comes out the hills and you get to shake his hand and realise he's probably a bit of a dick, that it's not it's just, yeah, it's not it's not that exciting, not that enigma around I've anymore. I've seen Harry and the Henderson. Yeah, he made a movie. Yeah, so he's a pretty good bloke. Actually, sorry, he's, he's, a he's laugh. actually really right he's, laugh. A, he's a lovely John man. Lithgow. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I think our grandkids won't even see that Duke Nukem game it's never going to happen like Good We Dare <laughs> I think We Dare after, after Duke Nukem Forever comes out isn't We Dare is going to be the next yeah, there's going to be a wide profile and We Dare in 13 years time talking about the, the pains of the developers <laughs> <laughs> as they try to perfect pointing back to that horribly saucy advert uh, there we go so Dan wasn't here to answer his criticism. So feel I free think to we know. did the best we could do. Uh, Kings Ferno wrote in. I don't know if that's your real name, Kings Ferno, but I love it. Uh, he says, "I'm not quite sure why I did this, but I was doodling with IGN UK podcast, and he's found that it's an anagram of adopt sucking, poking ducats. What's a ducat? I don't know. It's an old piece of, piece of, to find out. It's an old piece of uh, money." D-U-C-A-T-S? Yeah. Duke. Oh, there you go. Knowledge. And his own personal favourite, which is stick-up gonads. So, <laughs> I've got a pair of stick-up gonads. <laughs> he says, past my office, they're on the window. <laughs> oh, he says, happy podding. Cheerio. Thanks. That, Thanks. Was, that was nice. I, I, that I like was lovely. Stick-up yeah. gonads. I think that's what we should rename it this week. I'll stick up for your gonads anytime. Oh. Uh, I've got an email from Dave Martin. Yep. Who says, hi, guys. I know you enjoy getting pictures from listeners, so I thought I'd send you one. I'm no good at drawing, so I bang this out of my iPod. Hope you like it. Love, Dave from Stafford. And uh, 
This is the picture. Oh, my eyes. My eyes. It is truly one of the most disturbing images <laughs> I have ever seen. So if I, it's, it's basically a pornographic and image. Can, can I just say, readers will not see this on the site. So, Anywhere. Chris, it's going to have to go on your description. I th- yeah. I, do you know what? The sad thing is I think I know the source image. Well, it's Lemon, it's it's lemon, lemon Party, party yeah. isn't it? Lemon Party. Don't Google, don't don't, Google, don't Google it. It's Lemon, it's lemon Party. What's don't, I can't believe that you two knew it. <laughs> what? Oh, everyone's seen it, surely. What is it? No. Lemon Party is basically that's what they've done is taken a Lemon Party picture, which anyone who's been in the internet might be familiar with, uh, and put our faces on there and done a bloody good job of it. I, yeah, I, so honestly, it, I guess yeah. it's it's Stu lying back, looking like he's in ecstasy. He's on having a, bed, a nice nude. He's totally nude. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's having a nice time. Alex is lying next to him, kind of stroking his chest, <laughs> looking rather suspiciously at the camera. He's also naked. Um, Martin is naked as well. Martin appears to be. Noshing Stuart off. I, <laughs> I, like, I'm not, I, I think he's nib- nibbling pie. on his pork pie. There's a pork yeah. pie well, down no, in the other regions. There's a pork pie has been superimposed over over Stuart's penis, and then Dan is just peeking <laughs> over Martin's shoulder and smiling, creeping up the rear if, as if, usual. If Dan is hanging out the back of Martin, but anyway, <laughs> that's beautiful. Uh, and he's put the IGN logo in, so we're going to do you for copyright. The, the thing I will say about that is that. It really does look like it's Stuart's head on that, yeah. and it really does look like it's Martin's head on that because the, the the lighting is perfect. I really wish oh, we could put this up, but unfortunately, it's never gonna never no. gonna be. Just published. imagine it, and imagine the worst thing you've ever seen, and it's that. And imagine that's what we we're currently doing on the podcast right now. That's how we look. Maybe yeah. that's how some people listen to the podcast. They just imagine us rolling around in bed together naked. It's not true. No. Thank so God that's it that. then. Yeah, oh, that keep your feedback coming in, everyone. Uh, less pornographic pictures, uh, unless it's of women. Send them to igenukfeedback at ign dot com. What? I'd rather just have no oh, pornographic sorry, pictures. Sorry, thank you very much. Andy fucking grey. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just send pictures of your topless mummy. Oh my Not good lord. Mom. And uh, we've already spoken about Kapow, but if you want to get your tickets, go to kapowcomiccon.com dot uh, com. I think there's about three hundred left, is the latest I heard. So. It is going to be an quick. awesome show. We're going to be giving away T-shirts and doing lots of exciting stuff. And, uh, and we're going to be there. We will be there, and we'll be chatting to whoever wants to talk to us. So yeah, it'll be good fun. Good times. Um, that's it for this week's podcast. Yeah, next week we'll go we'll be the day before Kapow. So that's very exciting. And uh, yeah, till then, bye bye. Bye. Right, we're recording again. I'm going to fucking kill someone in a minute. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.